Well, good morning, church. Happy New Year to you. 2020 is over. We're done with that crazy year, a year that we will not soon forget. Do you remember January 1st, 2020? (laughs) No one knew what to expect. We thought probably it would be another nice year, year of blessings, and we went through one of the hardest years of our lives for many of us. I know for some, 2020 was a year of unanswered prayers, things that you brought before the Lord in prayer, and then you didn't see an answer. God seemed to be saying no or wait. And we've prayed for healing or provision in some areas of our lives, and it didn't happen. We've prayed for the pandemic to end many times here at church. The pandemic is still going. Some of you prayed that you would keep your job, but you lost your job. We've even seen some people die. What do we do with so many unanswered prayers, so many disappointments from a year like last year? Are we not praying right? Is God not listening? Did God give up the throne last year? Did he take a vacation in 2020? No, I don't think so. And as we look to 2021, we're going to go back to the book of James today. You can open your Bibles to James chapter 5, verses 13 to 18. And we're going to see James call us back to prayer. We're going to see James call us back to God in prayer in 2021. Let's not be like the people who think something magically happened at midnight last night, that with the turning of the page of a calendar and a new number, a one instead of a zero, that we think all of a sudden this year there will be great change. We don't know what this year will hold. Brothers and sisters, 2021 could be worse than 2020. We don't know. So let's not be like the world that puts our hope in numbers. Let's turn back to the Lord in prayer in 2021. Let's read our passage and see how James calls us to this. James 5, verses 13 to 18. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. What is God's word telling us for 2021? To pray. We need to pray. That is the emphasis of this passage. In all six verses of this passage, prayer is mentioned. So this morning, we're going to look at four lessons from James chapter 5 
about prayer. Four lessons that I hope will help us to see the power of prayer for 2021. The first one is this. Prayer is for all circumstances. Prayer is for all circumstances. It's always the right thing to do. It's always the right response. James starts in this passage with three questions of different circumstances in our lives. He says, is any of you suffering? Uh, Yes, (laughs) a lot of us are suffering. And James knew that. Much of his book is about people in trials. You remember in chapter 1, he starts the book by saying, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. He knows the people are suffering. God knows that many people are suffering today. God knew that 2020 would be a tough year for many of us. Is any of us suffering? Yes, absolutely. And what should we do? Pray. Pray. Where do you turn when the trials come? Where did you turn with your suffering in 2020? Did you turn to the Lord in prayer? Is that your first response when the suffering comes? Or do you start trying to take control of your situation? Do you immediately turn to anxiety about the future? James is calling us to pray in the circumstance of suffering. And believe me, there will be some suffering in 2021. Here's another circumstance that James gives. He says, is any one of you cheerful? Hey, it's not all suffering. We have many seasons in life as Christians that are cheerful, where we have gladness, happiness, even fun together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We can have cheerful times. I hope 2021 will have many times of cheer. What do we do in the good times, in the cheerful times? James says, sing songs of praise. Sing songs of praise. And this is another form of prayer. Singing songs of praise is talking to God. It's giving the glory to God. It's it's praying to God with our song. So again, prayer is what we are called to do. You know, for many Christians... When times are good, that's when we're in most danger of forgetting about God. For many Christians, we we turn to the Lord in suffering when we're in the valley, but when we're cheerful and glad, we forget about the Lord. And that's when we can be in most danger of of falling into sin or becoming self-reliant. So when God gives you blessings in this next year, when you have moments of cheerfulness and gladness, Glorify God and turn to the Lord in praise. Whatever comes this next year, we need to turn to the Lord with prayer and praise. As the song says, you give and take away. We'll have some moments where we feel like God is giving and taking away next year. In all those moments, we say, blessed be your name. And then the third scenario in this text about praying for all, in all circumstances is, is any one of you sick? Is any one of you sick? Yes! <laughs> Millions of us around the world are sick. How did James know we would face a global pandemic this year? <laughs> well, God's word continues to speak. God's word applies to all of our situations. They had sickness back then, and we have sickness today. And we have faced that head on in the last year. Is any one of us sick Yes, 
yes. And what does James call on us to do in sickness? To pray. To pray. And specifically, it says to call on the elders of the church to come and pray over the sick person. So here we see a special role for the elders to pray over someone who is very sick. We, we know this person in James 5 is very sick because the elders are to go to them. It appears this person is so sick they cannot come to church. Maybe they're bedridden or, or in the hospital. So the elders go to them and pray over them. So it's important, you know, this doesn't mean you have to call an elder every time you catch a common cold, okay? If you get a little cut on your finger at work, you don't need to call me. You don't have to call me for that. That'd be a little strange. Kurt, I've, I woke up with a stuffy nose. Please bring the oil and pray. Okay, you, you, I'm, I'm always happy to pray for you. The elders are always happy to pray for you. But you, you can pray for yourself in those situations too. This person is very sick. This person in James is very sick. And in those moments of deep sickness or trial or struggle or weakness, you're actually called to call upon the elders for prayer. This is one of the primary functions of elders. This is one of our primary duties at ECC is to pray for you in your struggles. By God's grace, we have 16 elders at this church. And I can tell you, these brothers love to pray for you. We want to know if you're sick or if you're in some kind of trial. We have a WhatsApp group. We're constantly sharing prayer requests with each other and praying. We want to pray for you. We are sad when we find out one of you has been in the hospital and we, we didn't know about it. We didn't get the opportunity to pray for you. That grieves us. So if you're ever not sure, like, should I reach out to an elder for prayer? Please reach out. Even if it is a small thing, reach out. We would love to pray for you. We don't want you to walk through your suffering alone. You're not supposed to. That's why God has given you and given this church elders to walk with you in prayer. And it's powerful. So please reach out to your elders for prayer in 2021. Reach out to one another for prayer. Reach out to your elders for prayer. We're called to pray in all of our circumstances. Now in verse 14, it mentions that the elders are to anoint the sick person with oil. Now, we should talk about this. There are some different interpretations of what's going on here with the anointing of oil. So some Bible commentators think that the oil here is like a medicine, that the primary intention here is it's a medicinal oil. And it's true that in the first century, oil was one of the main medicines, a really important medicine to give comfort to the sick or, uh, you know, they didn't have pharmacies with over-the-counter pills back then. So oil was one of the main things that they used. It had medicinal purposes. We even see that in some places in the Bible. So it could be that the elders are going and helping to bring comfort through a medicinal oil and anointing that person with oil. And it's helpful to remember here, as Christians, we believe medicine is okay. Medicine is a gift from God that we can use. It's a common grace that God gives us. So if you're sick, it's okay to take medicine. If you're sick, pray. Prayer is our first thing you should do. Before you go to the doctor, pray. But then by all means, go to the doctor. 
It's okay for Christians to, to go to doctors and take medicine and get vaccines and all of these things. Those are gifts from God. Sometimes God works supernaturally. Sometimes he works through natural means. We're not in one of those extreme, you know, kind of almost cult groups that say if you go to a doctor, that means you don't have enough faith. Don't believe that. You know, Luke in the Bible, he wrote Luke and Acts. He was a doctor. <laughs> the medicine must be okay. <laughs> Even Paul told Timothy to take a little wine for his frequent stomach ailments. Wine was used as a medicine to help his stomach. So it's okay to take medicine. So that's one thing that may be going on here is the elders are going and, and bringing comfort through the oil. But other Bible scholars think that this oil has more of a, a, uh, a meaning of consecration. That by anointing this sick person with oil, they're setting him or her apart before the Lord. To say, we are, th this person in their sickness is, is dedicated to the Lord. We're entrusting this person to the Lord by anointing them with oil. And we're trusting the Lord in prayer. That makes sense. This also makes sense because then the oil is a physical or tangible expression of the faith. So we have the prayer of faith, and it's matched with a physical expression of the faith in the oil. This especially makes sense in James because James talks about faith that is shown by works. So here in James 5, we have the prayer of faith, and it's shown by an expression of this physical oil. It also shows the compassion of the elders to come there with the sick person, to anoint that person with oil. So those are different possibilities for the oil. And I think it's definitely fine and good for elders to anoint people with oil when they are sick. I've done that before, and it's, it, it's something we see here in James 5. But this leads to our second lesson about prayer in the text. And the second lesson we're going to see is that Prayer is always powerful. We pray in all circumstances, and prayer is always powerful. The emphasis of this passage is not on the oil. The power is not in the oil. The last thing we want to do is become superstitious, trusting in objects like oil, when the power is in the prayer. Look at verse 15. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And verse 16, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. It is the prayer that is powerful, not the oil. So be careful. You know, some churches use these sacred oils. They have priests that wear special anointing oils around their neck. And then it's like only they are allowed to pray or they have some magical power in their prayers. That's not what James is teaching here. Certainly, if you're sick, you don't need to go online and buy some special oil that some apostle or pastor somewhere prayed over, and now they say it's like superpower oil. That, that's, that's more like witchcraft or wizardry than biblical prayer. You don't buy miracles from God. You don't need to buy sacred oils from someone in another country hoping that that oil will save you or heal you. The power is in the prayer. Prayer is powerful because God is powerful. James tells us that through the prayer, the Lord will raise up the sick person. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. 
Verse 16, he says the sick person will be healed. So with this kind of power in prayer, brothers and sisters, shouldn't we be praying more? Shouldn't we be bringing our requests to the Lord with more and more confidence, with more and more boldness before the throne? Because prayer is powerful. The prayer of a righteous man has great power as it is working. That's our power for 2021. That's what your New Year's resolution can be. To pray. To pray more. It's powerful. But this begs the question, what about those unanswered prayers? Why is it that sometimes we pray and the opposite thing happens? We pray for healing and the person dies. How can that be? This past year in my hometown back in the U.S., uh, a friend of ours, their seven-year-old son, who's a friend of my daughter's when we lived there, had a serious asthma attack. And he went to the hospital. He was in the emergency room. And everyone was praying for him. The church was praying for him there. We were praying for him here, my family in Abu Dhabi. Hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people praying for this boy. And I think praying with faith. And he died. Talk about a devastating 2020 to lose your seven-year-old son. Where was God in those prayers? Many of you had similar things happen in 2020. Moments where you prayed, and it's like, God, did, did you hear me? Pastor says prayer is powerful. So how come you're not doing what I ask? Is James a liar? Is James 5 wrong? When we look at James 5, we need to be careful to not interpret this text to give us sovereign power as if we can just do whatever we want and tell God what to do and that we can just go and do miracles every step we take. If you can do that, please go to the hospital and heal everyone. And for those people out there that claim they can heal everyone, tell them to go to the children's hospital and heal all the sick children. They don't seem to do that, these, these special healer people. James's point here is not that we become God who can heal people with our prayers. James's point in our power of prayer is that we are entrusting our situation into the hands of a sovereign God. The power is in God. The power of the prayer is not in the strength of our faith, but in the object of our faith, one pastor said. It's powerful and effective because we're giving this person, we're giving this situation to God. And God does hear our prayers. He didn't leave the throne last year. He saw that seven-year-old boy. And when God doesn't answer the prayers the way we expect or think, then it's all the more reason that we need to trust him. And I know that's hard. But when God doesn't answer the prayers the way we expect, then that means he is doing something else in the situation. He's receiving glory in a different way than you expect. 
Because God doesn't waste our suffering. But he is working. And so if your prayer went unanswered or if you lost the job instead of got the job or if your loved one died, I want to encourage you to trust God this morning. You didn't fall out of his hands. You didn't, you know, pray the wrong words. It's not about praying the exact right words. It's about trusting in God and in his purposes. You know, it's interesting that James puts this passage about prayer right after a passage about patience. Pastor Aubrey preached that one three weeks ago. Be patient in the face of suffering. So patience and prayer go together. Sometimes God tells us, wait. We don't just get what we want all the time, immediately. We're patient in our prayer. Can you be patient with the Lord in prayer in 2021? There's great power in that. God will work powerfully in your heart in that. And someday we will understand the purpose of the suffering, the purpose of the trials. So yes, we pray for healing. Yes, I believe God can and does supernaturally heal people sometimes. And we should ask God for that. We should pray in faith knowing that nothing is impossible with God. But if he says no, or if he says wait, we trust him. He is a good father who cares for his children. So we can trust him and we can keep praying. It's like that story in 1 Kings 18 that our brother Timba read earlier. Elijah sends his servant seven times to go look for that cloud for the rain to start. I'm guessing on the fifth or sixth time they were like, Elijah, are you crazy? Like, why do we have to keep looking for this cloud? And it's the seventh time that the rain starts to form, the cloud starts to form. Patient in our prayers. Trust the Lord in our prayers. They are powerful. So we've seen a call to pray in all circumstances and that prayer is always powerful. Our third point this morning is we need to pray and confess our sins. We need to pray and confess our sins. James is not only focused on physical healing here. Did you notice that? This isn't just about our bodies. In verse 15, he says the prayer of faith will save the sick person. And he says if the sick person has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And in verse 16, there's a command. Therefore, let us confess our sins to one another and pray for each other that we may be healed. So James is mixing these themes of sin and sickness. Mixing the, the physical and the spiritual. You know, in our 21st century world, in many of our cultures, we focus on science and reason and logic, and we, we view the physical and the spiritual as completely separate. We often view body and spirit as separate, distinct things completely, that they have no impact on each other. But in the first century world and in the biblical worldview, we see the body and spirit connected in some ways. And James is showing us here that sin can lead to physical illness. At times, sin can lead to physical illness. And so at times, if you're sick, it may be that there is some sin to confess. 
When you're sick, it's a good time to search your heart and see if there's any unconfessed sin. And we see a verse in the Proverbs, Proverbs 17, 22. It says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Joy in your heart can actually help your body. It's like a medicine, and a crushed spirit can have negative effects on your body. We see this with things like bitterness in your heart, unforgiveness, anxiety, anger, fear. These things can take a physical toll on your body. I think at times, sometimes we we have these mysterious illnesses, and what we need to do is search our hearts and see, is there something we're not dealing with? Is there something spiritual going on? It's very possible. Now, of course, we need to be very careful with this. So please hear me clearly on this point. Not every sickness is directly connected to a specific sin. Not every sickness is directly connected to a specific sin. There's a big if in this passage. James says, if the sick person has committed sins, then he'll be forgiven. So maybe there is sin connected to this sickness, but maybe not. Sometimes we get sick because we catch a virus. Sometimes we get sick because there's hormonal imbalances in our brain or with our thyroid or things like that. So believe me, when I go do a hospital visit to visit someone who's sick, I do not walk in the room and say, what did you do? What was your sin that brought you here? That would not be very compassionate. And it may not be any sin connected to this sickness. But maybe over time as I talk to the person, I'll ask them to search their heart. And, and uh, it's always a good time to search for sin and, and consider what's going on. Sickness is complicated. It can be different causes, different things going on with someone who's sick, with a virus, with a depression, different things. It's complicated. We need to remember that. We don't want to just come with simple, trite answers on some of these things. So we need to see here that the physical and the spiritual do go together in some ways. And James is teaching us that. But I think James is also focusing on sin and forgiveness here to remind us of something very important. That our greatest sickness is not physical. We become obsessed with our bodies sometimes. Most of the New Year's resolutions today that will be taking place are related to physical health. Or fitness. That's what many people are focused on. But James is lifting us higher up to see there's a deeper need that you have. You don't need to just change your diet. We don't need to just fight a virus. We have a sin problem. And our greatest sickness is our sin. And if we don't deal with our sin problem, if we don't get forgiveness for our sins, it doesn't matter what happens to our bodies. If our bodies die in sin, we got a bigger problem coming. That's the judgment of God for our sins. That's why James is focused here on confessing our sins. We need to confess our sins and receive forgiveness from God. Without God's forgiveness, we cannot be saved. And this is why Jesus and the gospel is so important. 
Because the only way we receive forgiveness is through what Jesus did for us on the cross. So if you're here today, if you're tuning in online and this is your first time with us, please let me tell you about Jesus and the message of forgiveness that he gives that brings the ultimate healing, the healing from our greatest sickness, the sickness of our sin. It's that Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins. He lived a perfect life. He did not deserve to die, and yet he took our sickness of sin on him on the cross. He was a perfect sacrifice for our sins. He took the judgment of God that we deserve for our sins. And he says that anyone who believes in him, turns from our sins and puts our faith in Jesus, will be forgiven. That's why the confession of our sins works. Because Jesus died for our sins to forgive all of our sins of those who believe. So my friend, maybe January 1st, 2021 is the turning point in your life to get forgiveness for your sins forever. So that you can not have the judgment of God on you, but instead receive the grace of God, the love of God forever by turning to Jesus. I think that's what James wants to point us to much more than our physical health this morning. And then brothers and sisters, we do see a call to confess our sins to each other as Christians. This doesn't mean each of you is going to get up here and tell the whole church all of your sins. I don't think that's what it's talking about. But I do think it means all of us should have at least one person, one brother or sister in Christ who knows us and to whom we can confess our sins. So that we're not fighting against sin secretly and privately, but instead we have a friend that knows us. And so that may be as a New Year's resolution for you. In order to obey James 5.16, you need to seek someone out in the church that you can be real with, that you can be honest with, and confess your sins to them. It really does bring a freedom, a sense of healing to your heart to have someone know you and to be honest with them. And to have them tell you that the gospel is true over your sins. It's a powerful thing to do. Seek that out this year. Maybe that's what James 5 is calling you to for 2021. Let's go to our fourth and final lesson about prayer. We've seen three things. Prayer is for all circumstances. It's always powerful and we need to pray to confess our sins. Finally, prayer is for all Christians. Prayer is for all Christians. James gives us this example in verses 17 and 18 of Elijah. And what does it say about Elijah? Does it say, Elijah was one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. There's no way you can pray and do the things that Elijah did. So don't even bother. You're just a regular old Christian working a regular old job. No. Verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. James is emphasizing that the God we pray to is the same God Elijah prayed to. Elijah was not some superhuman. In fact, we see a lot of weakness in Elijah in his story in the Old Testament. He was far from perfect. And yet Elijah prayed and there was drought for three and a half years. And then he prayed and the rains came brother or sister in Christ, 
you have access to the same God that Elijah had access to. Your prayers can be just as powerful as Elijah's. Prayer is for all Christians. And James wants you to know that for 2021. It's not just for the specially anointed uh, Christians. I don't think there is such a thing. We all have access to go to God in prayer. And so, brothers and sisters, let's go to him with confidence. Let's go to him with boldness. Let's go to him with big requests in 2021 and expect him to answer. He often does. He loves to work through our prayers. In his sovereignty, he, he, he's ordained that we pray. And when we pray, he listens and he works. It's amazing. And if he doesn't answer the way we expect, then we can trust him. And we can keep praying. And we can trust him. And we can keep praying. And we can trust him. Just like Elijah. You can have a prayer life just like Elijah's. So brothers and sisters, may the Lord call us back to prayer in 2021. If you have one New Year's resolution, make a greater commitment to prayer. Maybe start a prayer journal. You write down your prayers and you can see what God, you can look back on it. It's so great. You can look back and see how God has answered your prayers or you can see some things to continue praying for. If you're like me, sometimes I close my eyes to pray and two minutes later, I'm thinking about sports or work. And my mind is gone. For me, writing down my prayers really helps. Helps me to focus and really pray with more clarity and boldness. So that may be something for you. Maybe to find someone else to pray with. Joining a group who can pray for you and know you and pray with you. It's all kinds of things. But let's be a people devoted to prayer in 2021. And let's eagerly see what God will do in our lives and in the lives of the church whatever circumstances come this year. Let's start right now in prayer. Father, we bow our hearts before you, entrusting ourselves into your hands because you are the sovereign, omnipotent, good God. And all things are in your hands. You did not take a break in 2020. You are on the throne. You always have been. You always will be. Lord, help us to pray. We're sorry for the ways we turned away from you in 2020. So thankful for your grace that we can confess those sins and that by Jesus' blood we are forgiven. And Father, I pray for those who've had an especially hard season, who are wrestling with the disappointment, who are feeling confused. And I pray that you'd encourage their hearts. Draw them back to you. May they turn to you in prayer today. And Father, as a church, we are excited for the future because we know we are serving the Almighty God. We know that we pray and worship the same God that Elijah did. So we trust and we look forward to what you will do in our lives and in the life of ECC in 2021. And we have that confidence as we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.